welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. You know, I'm unemployed, but I'm making I'm making TikTok my full-time job, guys. You watch out, okay? Uh, this is Whew, this was my Monday, although the whole world was off. We were, it's a holiday, even though it's not going to be a holiday when you listen to this. But I'm so excited for today's episode. Oh, he's a friend. He's so funny. He's a comedian. He's a writer. You see him perform all over New York City, or maybe you know him from a little place like New York Magazine, New York Times, Time Out, Vulture. And guess what? He has a book coming out this spring, but it's too long of a title for me to say, so I'm going to let him tell us about the book. But we've got Zach Zimmerman on the pod. Hello. Hello. Oh, how are Hi. you? Thank you for having me. I'm great. Thank you for doing it. You know, it was touch and go there for a while, Zach. It really was. But I'm so happy that you're here, that you oh. gave me the hour. An honor. <laughs> An hour. No, I'm just kidding. This shit. Okay, we'll, we'll go like 20 I'm minutes. Just, Don't worry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, Anna's referencing that initially I said, no, let's wait till the book comes out and then I'll come on. And then I was like, no, let's do it now. Because I, while I was writing the book, I went on a podcast cleanse, just like an easy way to say no to everyone. Sure. So I could focus on it. And then as I, was, I did one and I was like, oh, wait, these are fun. Or it's like actually nice to talk to other people and not be like a little hermit that I yeah. was during the, during also, the bulk of the pandemic. I was going to say, if you have a book coming out, I think it's also fun when like other people's fans will listen to you and then they'll be like, oh, Zach, I'll follow him. Oh, that book that he's doing. True, true, true. And it's helped me like learn how to talk about it too. Cause I, (laughs) it's, it can be hard to, when you're inside of a thing to know how to sell it or, uh, like talk about it in a, Totally. I mean, I don't know way. that I, my podcast would make your press tour. So I, you know, I'm just glad I'm getting in <laughs> early. You know what I mean? I know he's going around, but tell me the title of the book. Cause you wouldn't before you said it's very long. You know, wanna... I wouldn't, well, I didn't trust you. I didn't Thank think you. you. Could rem- it's very long. It's, okay. is it hot in here or am I suffering for all eternity for the sins I committed on earth? And to Beautiful. ask you Amen. To, to remember that, I, I feel like that's cruel. I feel well, like that's I do have much. a computer. I could have just typed it out. You know what I mean? But I, I, I wanted to hear it from your from your mouth. You know what I mean? You titled it. It sounded beautiful. Say it one more time for me. Is it hot in here? Or am I suffering for all eternity for the sins I committed on earth? Oh, you know, you call it a title. I call it a fucking poem. Okay. That, ah! That's beautiful. <laughs> Tell I'm me that it's just empty pages inside for people to write, it's you know, mostly how, empty pages. how they relate. There are actually blank essays, a few strategically, but it's mostly uh, stories and humor pieces about hell, literal hell and the hells of love and work and religion and family and politics, wow. all the good stuff. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for you. I can't wait to see how I'm going to go to hell, you know, like I feel <laughs> like that's going to happen. <laughs> it could happen sooner than you think. You it never could. know. It could, it could. Although, can I be real, really dark for a second? I, <laughs> I was like on a Bob Saget hole last week, and like there was like a clip that like popped up, like you know, once you go down the YouTube hole, and it was like him on his podcast, and like he was talking to his wife about like you're gonna find me dead, and I was like, oh god, no, and I'm like, I'm like, turn it off, no. <laughs> it was really oh, sad. My heavens. Anyway. I was I was doing a show the night he passed away and the crowd was it was a very small crowd and it was not going well. And I was so I was just doing a Q&A with the audience and someone asked, like, did I ever meet Bob Saget? And I said, only uh, only later tonight in heaven. Oh, which got a nice little response um, <laughs> like my, that. Oh, oh, like that's it. not going well. You're going to you're going to go to heaven tonight. I did meet him once and he was the kind of everything people said. He was the nicest, kindest man. And like, you know, he's just like he was like he wasn't all around dad. He was with his daughters. He has three daughters, just like he did in Full House. And like, (laughs) oh, yeah, those are the things that stick with me where I'm like, oh, my God, I hope people say that shit about me. Like, how can I be living my life in a better way now? Like when yeah. I die, I don't want Anna to be like, he didn't come on my podcast. <laughs> like I want, I want Anna to be like, he came on my podcast. Oh. So nice. So well, wonderful. when you said the spring, I was like, I hope we're doing, I don't know what we'll be doing then because we, you are like episode 90, I want to say something That's like that. Incredible. What an achievement. Thank you. But you know, I'm only so many, Ellen and I are only so old, you know, we can only do this but, for so long. But and... there's more unemployed people now. So that helps. There are. It's fucked up. Um, but you're not unemployed. Well, h- how do you describe your employment status when, you know? It is tricky because I'm definitely not, I'm not staffed in a salaried way. I'm right. sort of 
piecing together independent contractor from drink tickets for stand-up shows to, sure. uh, I mean, the book, ha- I was paid to write the book, uh, a Great. very modest sum. Um, yeah. So you'd say you're yeah, a working not... writer and comedian, which is... That's a good way to put it. People do when you say you're a comedian, they're like, oh, is that your like full-time thing? And it, I'm always, it's always a striking question because like, oh, are you like sizing me up? Like, mm-hmm. you want to know what else is happening? Or, because uh, yeah, full-time, I'm not like going into an office from nine to five, but I am going to a comedy club from eight to 10 or from nine to midnight um, and I am going to my like writing space. Uh, but yeah, maybe that's a better, I'm a working writer. And there comedian. you go. Yeah. I that know, feels I always, empowering. It, it is you should, as it should. I always feel weird when people are like, what are you? I'm like, I'm a full-time comedian, but that means so many things today. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. I mean, like I haven't, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had to go back to like a survival job, but yeah. am I surviving? The, the question comes up often, you know? The question comes up often. <laughs> Are you thriving? Are you surviving? Yeah. So were you writing the book for most of the pandemic? Was that? Yes. It was project? definitely a pandemic project. Um, I've always wanted to write something substantial uh, in prose. And then the pandemic felt like, a moment for it. I lived by myself and wasn't, um, was lucky that the people close to me weren't, uh, suffering heavily. And so after sort of the psychological stuff, I got into like a groove of really putting myself into writing and kind of, I guess, escaping into the past, uh, mm-hmm. to think about, um, the different stories that I wanted to tell. And then, yeah, write, 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 edit, 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 edit. Um, and then trick a publisher into caring about it. And then I was going to say, did you have the book deal before or after you like mostly wrote it? After, which I do not recommend. Mm -hmm. It would have been much more, I worked on a proposal and then, um, there's sort of back and forth with the, with my agent, um, through the pandemic. So I was just like, let me just go ahead and write this. Like if I'm going to write it, I'll go write it. And so my proposal ended up being like most of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we only needed a few more months to like edit. And mm-hmm. I worked with an amazing editor at Chronicle Books and she cut so many things and helped me to a really high standard. And so I'm excited. The title's long, but the book is short <laughs> and everything is hopefully this little polished nugget that'll make people laugh and think. Um, I love it. I'm going to pick your brain one of these days off air, not on the podcast, because I really, really want to publish a book and... Hell yeah. I have, I want to publish, it's going to be comedy slash soup recipes. So it's not going to be a traditional oh, cookbook, lovely. but I do a lot of soup content. I don't know if you're aware. I'm Chicken soup for the comedian's soul. Something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. But there will be recipes. It will be like a, a book you can use <laughs> to cook. Soups. I know cookbook <laughs> is like its own space and I have some it friends is. who put out a cookbook so I can really connect you off air to them. Wow. See, I'm so glad you came out. Look at this. Now I'm getting, we're now, I'm networking also, on the pod. Also, what? terrible way, books, terrible way to make money. Fastest way to be very unemployed. You, <laughs> yes. You, it's terrible way to make, I think like three people a year do well with books. Sure. It's like not profitable in any way. Yeah. There's a ton of people who put out books and then there's like five who are like, wow, 12 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list yes, or whatever yes. it is. And you're like, okay, cool. Congrats, Barack that, Obama. Like you did. <laughs> that's my new stress because the book doesn't come out until November 1st. So I'm like, okay, I have 10 months to like worry about how well this is going to do or oh, like no. make sure I put the right effort into promoting it, but not too much. And also like thinking about what success for it looks like. Like I should just be happy if like, 10 queer kids feel seen and laugh but instead you know you want your best do time, it set your the bar very bestseller. low for yourself yeah. i always do that set your expectations low because it's gonna do great you're so funny your stories are funny i can't imagine p- anyone who picks up your book won't love it like i really can't oh. i i remember seeing you do comedy for the first time i think it was like a union hall show we were on or something or like maybe it was like a jenny gorlick show something like years before i don't want to say years ago but a couple of years before the pandemic i don't know before the pandemic 
And you were just, he is joke, 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 joke. I mean, you were just Aww. so smooth. And like, I'm excited to see your videos now and you're doing the cellar. And it's just, it's fun to see where you've, how you've blossomed, you know? Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I like, that's, that's the highest uh, praise I think I can get. Like, Zach, you've grown. Like, I hope I never stop growing in terms yeah. of, like, I hope I'm embarrassed by this book in five years. Like, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> believe I put that out there. Like, I hope I get better and better and better until my brain stops working. Love that. I love that. That's a good goal. See, that's the only expectation you need. You hope you hate it in five years. <laughs> right? Yes. Or I guess to that end, I hope people, I hope people engage with it in a meaningful way to help me grow. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me what they liked. Tell me what they didn't like so I can hone what I was saying next time in a better yeah. way. I love that. I hope, That's a good goal for I me grow. too. I hope, I hope you I grow. grow too. Thank you. Well, you know, you were on my couch once doing unemployed show and now here we are. Uh, I'm at a desk, so I have grown <laughs> to a and desk. I'm in a, I'm in my a studio apartment instead of love sharing it. a home with three other people in one bathroom. So that feels like a sort of growth. Maybe. I love it. You've grown. Yeah. Um, all right. So tell me, we're going to take it back. I want to go back to like teenage Zach. I want to know, I mean, I know some of this, but tell the people where did you grow up and what was like, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you have, you know, did you know? <laughs> I grew up in Roanoke, Virginia. And I think I, I was drawn to the stage. And so I always wanted to be some sort of performer or actor. And in high school, uh, definitely loved the high school drama department. Um, and so, yeah, live performing and writing was always a big part of things. Mm-hmm. I like my first uh, love affair, I like dramatized in a novel where my character was named Dimitri. And I just mm-hmm. copy pasted my aim messages with uh, the person I was in love with in order to like, tell this epic. I hope I find it one day. But I've always had this urge to like turn my life into stories and to be under a spotlight. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of like paid work, the first job, can you guess? It's a, it's a chain. Oh, oh, oh. I was going to say babysitter. Uh, <laughs> it's a chain. Um, you know, I, if I could pick any chain, I'd, I'd say Taco Bell, but I don't know that it is. Wow. The first letter is right. I was a Target team member at 15. Oh, at 15. At 15, hired uh, to work seasonal Christmas demand. Our, my first week was the week of Black Friday. Like on the uh, floor at Target, Black Friday. Ca- uh, cashier, guest services team member, uh, which meant on the Friday of Black Friday, they sent me out to collect carts, uh, which I was very <laughs> humbled by. And even wow. a year later, when I had been cross-trained on everything, I loved guest services. I loved okay. like, um, returns. I loved enforcing mm-hmm. like arbitrary rules and like scanning receipts. And so I thought I would get to do that on Black Friday, but then they just sent me out for carts <laughs> because I was like a young, like able-bodied person. And all the guest services team members were, I guess the like bougie uh, women got to work guest services. Bullshit. But I was so mad. I know. You would have been so good at it too, you know? So I bet good. they wouldn't give you such a hard time too. They're like, look at this nice young guy. I like- know. I don't, I, they'd be like, I won't yell at, uh, yell at them because they're, right. uh, but yeah, and I made so little money at that job. It's like insulting mm. to think of it now. I think it was five twenty-five an hour. Five twenty-five. Uh, yeah, it sounds like illegal, or maybe that just makes <laughs> me sound really old. Like it was nineteen forty-one, <laughs> and we made five dollars an hour. Um, but I was so, I was, I was angry at Target because I was doing phenomenal work at the registers, and I was getting paid the same amount as other people. So I was like, mm. I need to find another job. And that's what brought me to, uh, briefly to Papa John's Oh, um, for a brief moment. So Taco Bell that was on that my list. Off. That was on your list. I love Papa and John's. I loved it too. And I was uh, fired within a week, which is a very humbling experience because of my passions. So on, <laughs> I got the, the schedule went up and I was scheduled to work on Saturday and I went to the manager and I was like, Hey, I'm like. I am in a play and it opens on Saturday. Like I can't do this shift. And she said, if you can't work Saturday, never come in again. Whoa. And I was like, damn, babe. 
And what so the fuck? I was like, You're let a go. young actor growing your career. This is your yes. sur- this is a gig. Come on. I, I don't like that. She would be like, oh, I'm supportive, but it was like, no, zero tolerance. If you couldn't work the weekends, why are you here? Get out mm. of here, kid. Mm. And that brought me to the most formative uh, childhood job that I had, or part time high school job, which was uh, server at Denny's. I knew nice. at Denny's I would get uh, tipped based on my performance. I could leave, I could earn my keep, and I was still under 18, so I couldn't work anywhere that served alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. So I was a Denny's server, mostly working the late night shift, 10 p.m. Wow. to 6 a.m., Fridays and Saturdays throughout high school. Oh, my God. Instead so of friends, had, I had I, customers. <laughs> you had customers. I love how you were like, but based on my performance, like it was still a show for you. Like you knew if I if I charm these people, I'm going to get oh, more 100%. money. Yeah. But and then uh, an actor, a theater actor in high school is like a full time job. I'm not going to lie. Like I took it. Right. Like, didn't you? It was like everything to oh, you. Yeah. Because it's like, fuck math. Like, I care about the play I'm in right now. But I love oh, that you were good at math, overnights. Too. I bet you were. I, I, You're smart. I, I mean, I was straight A's and in the plays. And you want to know something real nerdy? And at Denny's. The, the plays, you got credit. You could get, uh, like, class credit for it. But that wasn't weighted. Okay. The way my other class. Like, you know, for, like, an A is four. Mm-hmm. If you're taking, like, an advanced class, an A was a five. Right. But the play, you could take it as a class and get an A, but it would be a four. So that would actually hurt my GPA. So I just did the play and didn't take the credit. You didn't take this up with the school board and, you know, discuss that this is actually... It was hurting my... I just I just turned it... I turned the credit down. I wow. just did it for the art. None of the... Wow. None of the... And that's what kept that GPA nice and high to score that 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 valedictorian slot. Wow. So you were valedictorian. I valedictorian. God damn a, right you were. Of a poorly performing uh, public uh, high school in, in Southern Virginia. <laughs> but you were the fucking valedictorian. Where did you go to college? Uh, I got into Princeton. They somehow let me in. They let you I, in. It was not the valedictorian of Princeton. By I any know. Stress. But I did get to give the a valedictorian who goes speech. to Princeton, right? Everyone's, I know. It's like going to UCB I, and everyone's the fucking, you know, lead in the school play. And then yes. they go in and they're like, hmm, oh, wait, you're all you're all good at this. OK. I also internalized. Someone told me like, oh, when you get to Princeton, you can't you're not going to get straight A's anymore. And I like really internalized that and let go of that as like an ambition and maybe didn't work as hard. But I also was doing identity stuff. I was learning about alcohol and drugs and sex and who and religious trauma so i i wasn't you know coming in fully formed okay. I, had, I did a lot of growing there and so maybe it's okay that i didn't have i a think it's 1000 percent. you worked so hard to get there right <laughs> <laughs> what did zach have a they were he was like i'm so sorry i gotta be this semester like i i, I gotta be can you believe this is I went on academic probation. I was pretty good in high school. And then I was like, oh. fuck it. I'm going to find myself. And I found myself in the theater and didn't go to class. So I went like from like A's to like F's in college, which I was, like, like respect that more, though, because <sighs> stri- like I'm not using any of what I learned in co- other than the friends I made. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not learn how to be an artist in college. I learned how to like bullshit 10 page essays. Right. Yeah, at 4 a.m. when it's due at like 9 yes, a.m. and you're yes. like kind of hungover and you're like, well, yeah, this is art. This is I could do this. What was this your were you an acting major? I studied. Uh, you couldn't major in theater. Thank God. You could only okay. minor in it. Um, so I studied. I was going to do math, actually. But then I the teachers weren't as nurturing as they were in high school. So I wound up in uh, religious studies, uh, like American religious history vibes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which ended up the only other people doing that major were like the children of very wealthy people. And so, but I bought the lie that you can like study whatever interests you. You don't need to like be studying something for a career. And so, yeah, then I have a religion and theater major, which I joke is a, well, was a double major in lies. Uh, mm. That's what I was focusing on. Yeah, I love it. And you do a lot of religion comedy, I would say. Uh, that's true. So, you know, it has I'm, served been, you. Yeah, I'm interested in like, how people construct meaning in their lives and how different religious traditions like help you navigate the world. 
Yeah. Um, what did you sure. go by? You had a name when I first saw you on stage. Oh, yes. I think you saw my Christian magician character. Oh, I did. Yes, you did this character. Yes. His name is Luke Babylon. He uses close-up miracles to educate people about his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> and I thought when I first moved to New York, I thought he was like my ticket to the big time. And I like did an hour-long magic show as Luke and oh, at the I duplex. And I was doing him around town. And then he's faded away a little but I found a way to include him in my stand-up in like a cute way too so I still oh, remember nice. him and one day maybe we'll revive him but um, I remember that character I think that's why when I booked you on like unemployed show on my couch I was like doing I was like he does magic and he's funny and he has his whole character and I loved it I loved it so Aww. yeah I think I remember me. that show was it you and Dave Mazzoni as like judges on something I think he yeah I think Dave was on I don't remember what we did it's on Facebook somewhere, you know, the Buried footage the exists. Depth. Remember when we used to make Facebook events? Mm -hmm. I remember like 90% of my life being making Facebook events oh and God, like feeling yeah. bad for spamming all my friends. And now I can't tell you the last time I made one. Maybe I should bring it back. Maybe that's Honestly, the, the yeah. edge right now. I miss Facebook, Facebook events. events. I liked those. And we would like panic, like who said, yeah, like you get a notification yes. like someone's coming to your show and you're like, what ah. What are people using now? No one, there's no Twitter events. There's no, no. TikTok events. Nobody there's knows not. who's going Now you to have what. to be your own fucking PR and just yes. post about it nonstop. Yes. Like, here's where to find me rather than. And you can't see who else is coming. There's mm -hmm. no. Where is Mark Zuckerberg when, right? when we need him the most? Come back. To... It's probably still there. We're just not using it. I had a friend who emailed recently about a birthday party, which is fine. I'm, you know, I'll check my email, but I didn't like that it was BCC'd because then what if uh, I ask a friend, are you going to this birthday? And they're like, I wasn't invited. Like, like, just let me know who's on the list. But that's right? what I did because you don't want to spam or you don't want to give away your emails email to addresses or if yeah. you invited like 100 people or I open guess. yourself up to a reply all situation. The, the default now is a BCC to email where you say, like, all are welcome. Yes. To cover yes. your ass. Or make a little graphic and, like, text it to everybody or, like, DM it to a bunch of people. Yeah. I like that. But also this past year was, my I think, my last year of doing any sort of, like, birthday <laughs> gathering because I realized I didn't have – I was I feel like I was working an event because I was, like, trying to make sure everybody ate the pizza that I bought and the donuts that I bought. And I was like, I just want to, like, get coffee with, like, two people or, like, have a piece of cake <laughs> with, like, five friends. Yeah. Um, I think so everyone maybe... everyone's birthday was weird in the last two years because you you couldn't just say, like, show up to a bar. I mean, like, I guess you could if you're, you know, if you don't, if COVID doesn't affect you and which is some people. But, like, people wanted to be safe and do something. So you had to, like, plan extra hard. And you're like, we're going to be in a park mm -hmm. and we're going to do this. And here's where we're going to be. And I don't know. Yeah, it was too much. I kind of miss the old school. Like, it's my birthday. Show up or don't show up, you know? You're right. Hopefully it's That's coming it. back. Yeah, yeah. When's your birthday? July 15th. Ah, I'm June 15th. A Not a cancer. Gemini. Gemini. Does you, that change you your face, views of me? Bitch. Yeah, I know. As soon as he's... Ellen's a Gemini, too, so watch out. We're you, both well, fucking... Well, we, we got four faces on the call. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's mine. Five faces. Yeah. Let's, you know, any minute now I'm going to just, I turn. So we got to keep, you know, we got to keep <laughs> rolling. It's all I got to say. Um, my dog is trying to like, I see, I see. He has this piece of fur he needs, um, but I'm not getting it for him because he's a fucking priss. Anyway. Uh, all right. So back to, okay. So you got into Princeton, you moved to New Jersey. Did you work during college or was it solely focusing on studies? <laughs> I was work study. So that gave me a nice okay. need based financial grant. And then I was assigned to like work in the dining hall. And luckily I had, I'm such a saver. All my money from target and Denny's like gave me a little nest egg where I didn't like need to work in college. And yeah. I really didn't want, I wanted to be able to like focus on my work. And so without knowing by being a little hardworking hoarder, in high school, I didn't know what I was working for, but I was saving money for something. And it ended up being like, oh, this was so you don't have to like bust tables of your peers while you're in school. Um, so Smart. I mostly didn't work, but then I did find some gigs. I worked at a cafe that was gave out free coffee and free cookies. 
to keep people from drinking on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Wow. Um, it was sponsored by the Office of Religious Life. It was this little basement cafe. And I was ultimately fired from that because I wanted to go out on Friday. I was going to say, did you show up drunk? <laughs> I, I ended up like uh, asking people to take my shifts a lot, which uh-huh. I guess they resented me for, but weren't willing to say no to my face. So a survey mm-hmm. was distributed where people were asked if they were bothered when I asked them to cover shifts. And wow. uh, sort of... I was hurt by that. And so I, I did decide to not go into a shift that I knew would result in my firing. And so I did not go into that. Wow. He staged and then I was, it. <laughs> I was fired from another job at Princeton too. Well, not fired, <laughs> but I joined um, Tiger Call, which is where we call all the alumni and ask them to make our donations back to the school. Okay. Uh, and it can be any, it could be a dollar. It could be a hundred dollars. They just want to like check off participation rates. Um, and I did that for a year and then I like didn't reply to some email and I showed up the next year and they were like, oh, we don't have a spot for you. I thought it was more <laughs> flexible. But they're like, oh, you, you can stay for the orientation pizza, but we don't have a, we don't have a seat for you this year. Like, they oh, gave okay. you the pizza. I love that you call them fired. You're such a, you're such a good soul. Like, you're like, I was fired where you, I can imagine you being like, I'm just, I'm not going to, you're talking about it all week. I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to show up for the coffee shift. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to a party and I'm going to have a drink and I'm not going to fucking hand out a cookie. Because they're doing this goddamn survey. Fuck these guys. I'm so bad now. <laughs> they were so... I look back at email. If you ever want to just like cringe for an hour, go back and look at your college emails. Oh, like God. I was so immature. <laughs> I was like mad. I was saying that the boss was discriminating against me because she asked me to like fix the AV equipment or something. I was like, why, why do you think I have any specialty in this? Like, why... <laughs> I was just not in tune with my own like emotions yet or ways of expressing myself. Um, uh-huh. So just, yeah, I feel like we should delete all emails before I... like last year. <laughs> just like, one big clean sweep or yeah. before you turned 20, you, like delete, delete you all shouldn't... internet presence. Yeah. I, I had an AOL. That's how old I am. I had an AOL screen name or email, I guess, back then. I, I've never tried to sign into it, but it's probably still there, you know, if you had one. I had Hotmail and then I think jumped to Gmail by the time I went to college. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so now I everything think I had... is in Gmail. But we had like a college email, right? You had obviously like dot .edu yeah. or whatever it was. Right, right, right. But it I... forwarded to my Gmail. Mm. Another fun game you can play is like email roulette. Type in like a really <laughs> sensational word and see if. If it's ever been said, you can like <laughs> unacceptable or outrageous. Go look at the last time you said unacceptable or or I'm upset with you. It's a fun game you can play. Wow. You, is this part of the writing process for your novel? Uh, you know, because it sounds like a good exercise, you know, just to get the brain going. Like, see, how bad was I when how I was bad 19? Was I? It could be. And reading back old texts. I mean... Mm-hmm. A little bit leave sleeping, let sleeping dogs lie. But yeah, maybe I should go back. And I found uh, a thing I did find was like an email my dad had sent me, which became like an important part of the book. And I forget how I came across it. Yeah. But those like digital um, breadcrumbs or like footprints that we leave can be good Mm -hmm. inspiration sometimes too. Oh, yeah. Um, I read I, I if you ever had a live journal, I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of live journal. It's exactly what it sounds like. It was a journal online. And like my theater, my high school theater like group was very into live journal. And so there are like two years where I wrote a lot of shit and oh the first year of college and it still exists. And I've read it. There's a show called Mortified. I don't know if you know it in New York. Um it's a fun show. I don't know. If, I, I hope it's still going, it. but they and they had like a Netflix thing with Mortified. But I did. I read parts of my live journal on it and it was it's fun to read it on stage. It does well uh, because I was such a like obnoxious like teenager that just. Oh, you know everything. And all <sighs> the feelings are at like 100. There's no oh. nuance. There's no it's every it, 
Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't miss I it. I wish I had that stress now. You know what I mean? Mm. Where I'm like, if I don't get Adelaide and fucking guys and dolls, I am going to kill myself. Like that's the vibe of the live <laughs> journal. <laughs> the stakes, everything, the stakes were so high. Yeah. For yeah. everything. Every tiny little, every day content. I mean, some of that energy would be nice today, but dear God, thank God some of it isn't here that we've yeah. matured out of it. You would like one I did where I, um, there's an entry that on the day I was rejected early decision from Northwestern University, I, I wrote about how I burned the letter in the fireplace. In my oh my house. God, that is queen shit. That is... And I wrote like epic. all this stuff. I'm like, Northwestern's gonna fucking wish they had my name on their alumni list. <laughs> their loss. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Like, like, who was I? Who were we? We were, you know, especially know if you're in her. theater, we were like, we are better yes. than you. Yes. I want to be her. <laughs> oh my god. That I channel that next time. That energy. You're right. I should just start burning my computer every time I get rejected from like a writing job or something. I I could burn stuff. I I have things to burn. I can yeah. burn something. Yeah, maybe we'll burn stuff. You know, that would be so ceremonial. Uh, I I feel I, if I did in uh, last November buy a one dollar clearance calendar from Staples that was the year 2020 in calendar form, and I took it to a friend's place and we burnt it in wow. like barbecue, which felt very like. It was a, I don't know, like a Dallas, it was some sports team that okay. no one had any allegiance to, but it was a dollar <laughs> and it felt like maybe therapeutic. Yeah. But I'm all for burning things. I am too. I think it's fun. I, I'm like, and dangerous, but it's fun. You know, if I didn't live in an apartment, I probably would burn more, but it's a little dangerous here. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Okay. So you go to school, you find yourself, right? Did you do theater at Princeton? I mean, like, I'm sure they had like, you know, plays and stuff, even though you weren't an acting major, right? Like, did you find I your switched, people there? I did improv there for the first time. Mm. And so we do short form and some long form improv, got very into that. Did mm -hmm. like a two person hour long improv show my senior year. And I found a musical comedy troupe that would write original musical sketches and songs and put together it. like a show every year. And so I definitely found more than theater found like, Oh, creating original stuff is mm -hmm. possible for me. Um, and being like, Oh, this could be a career. I didn't yet know what the career version of it looked like, but like, Oh, people are in Chicago doing improv. Like I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And we like went on a, my improv troupe went on a tour every year to different uh, schools and we did improv shows. And I was like, oh, I want to be in Chicago where people are like uh, the, the, the mecca of long form improvisation. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where that, uh, the nibble of, of creating my own original stuff for the stage rather than just the plays I was doing in high school yeah. started to take shape. Nice, did you move to Chicago after school? I moved to Chicago. Wow. IO and Second City and by night and then daytime was my first gig was a, I was a telemarketer, which is very humbling. Like I took my Princeton degree and zero work experience and uh, wound up at a at a theater selling uh, theater subscriptions to people who'd come to one play. We'd mm -hmm. call them up and try to convince them to spend two hundred dollars. You said you were good at guest services, you know, like that. I loved it on the path. <laughs> people were always like surprised when I sold things because I would never force someone I'd be like oh this isn't for you but when I did find someone who actually wanted the thing I'd sell it and I think I did fairly well until finally my dream of an office job arrived I wanted Ooh. nothing more than a salaried office job like, really I it was so sexy I wanted like benefits and I wound up at uh the center on Halstead which is uh an LGBT community center uh the midwest's largest one and so that was a fascinating to go from Princeton, which skewed pretty straight to yeah. up working with mostly queer people. It was very helpful, I think, in terms of my like journey to mm -hmm. uh, to be there and be surrounded by older lesbians and younger uh, gay men and trans people. Yeah, um, that's amazing. And, so I, and I you got benefits and you, you got your dream of we got benefits. That's that's perfect for you. That's like you know, you think I thought you were gonna be like, and and then I got this finance job or something. No, like, no, no. Tons well, of straight people, but what a what a good health insurance. 
I did <gasps> lose my way. And after like a year or two there, I was like, I want to make more money. And mm. so I went, got into marketing and advertising. And that led to a dangerous path of climbing a ladder and investing too much energy. Really? Until I ultimately I had to leave it in order to go full hog after my hopes and dreams. Yeah. Um, so you were still doing improv and stuff at night in Chicago and then working in marketing in the day? Yeah. And I think it's it's sustainable when you're younger to sort of play that game. But then I used I transferred with a job to New York. And after a year here, I was like, I can't burn the candle at both ends anymore. I got to yeah. give this like a real go. I feel lucky. Some people, I mean, when I get my most bitter, it's when I think about like, oh, how some 21 or 22 year olds have the runway to pursue the arts aggressively, whereas I had to sort of have that survival job. But I ended up accidentally building a whole career, but then I was able to save enough that I could take a leap with some wiggle room mm -hmm. and sort of learn an art form, get good at stand up, perform pretty regularly, write a bunch. And now I'm finally, I think, maybe breaking even. I don't know what the exact numbers are, um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, the tax, the taxes, taxes aren't fun. Um <laughs> I love that. I didn't know you transferred here with a, I didn't know you had this whole like career in advertising before. That's. No, it's such a weird thing that I did. Did your coworkers know you were doing comedy at night? Like, or did you keep it? I kept it pretty separate and I wasn't yeah. funny at work either. And I think that was quite potentially draining. I didn't become friends with any coworkers. I wasn't <laughs> funny at work. Um, that's the ticket we're learning on our last episode. Maddie Smith, do you know Maddie? Maddie did an yeah, episode yeah. with us and she was like, no one knew if I opened my mouth, they're like, Maddie says funny things. She said, no one knew how funny yeah, like that. I did no. jokes or anything. I'm I like, think oh. I had to keep it very separate because it mm -hmm. would have drained me or, but also I, when I got here, I was like a manager. So I had like people looking up to me and I was like, someone who I interviewed said like, I Googled you and they had found like a very a, a stand-up story was quite racy and I was like oh no I can't have both of these careers I can't be like a respected uh like marketing executive and have like an internet video about uh fucking myself with a replica mold of my own penis like I the two are just not compatible in a long term so that's scary that someone you were interviewing someone and they're like i googled you yes <laughs> yes it was this, this little gay boy trying to get into marketing um i mean he did his research i <laughs> sure. guess but it made me be like oh i've i've gone full i have to go full hog into this like yeah did I say that phrase already? I've never said that before. Whole full hog. You have said it twice now. Honestly, I'm I'm loving it. I'm full picturing hog. you just like I'm getting on that fucking full motorcycle hog. and we're just driving yeah. into the wind. Maybe that's this year is our full hog year. It is. It's the full go full hog or go home. That's what you gotta go say. Home. <laughs> um well, that's great that you were able to uh, save money and then do it. I am the same as you, where I have had to work a lot of jobs until I'm able to be like, okay, I think I can, I think I can just do this full time. But it's scary. Some months are scarier than others, and mm -hmm. you know there is something. Oh, I do miss that, like benefits, health insurance, you know, all of that. It is, it, it does, you know, exist out there. I mean, we have it, but it's different than when you're set up at a, at a corporate job. It's, it's a very oh, different 100%. thing, but I just love, I miss, I think the next time I'm in an office and get like a free cup of coffee, that'll <laughs> feel very, well, it'll probably be very triggering at first. Sure. I'm actually a little worried that if I ever get staffed somewhere or do comedy in like an office environment that I'll be like, oh God, this is like way too similar to what advertising was like. <laughs> like, it's actually not that different. Right. I built no, it up in my head. No, being in a writer's room will be different. You know, it'll... Yeah. Because everyone or comes from a different... back into old patterns. <laughs> like, I'll treat like... it like business rather than being funny. Oh, no. You've done this. You're you're too full hog in your comedy career yeah, to, to go back. Full hog. What's the name of his next it. book? Honestly, I'll take 10%, okay? It, when you sell that book. Oh, hot. I that's mean, it. that's, all that's I want. the problem with selling books. Everyone takes a percentage. Everybody, 
Yeah. There's nothing left for you. Everybody wants a piece of the pie. That's the problem with all jobs, all of our jobs in comedy. I know. I know. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> but we do it for the art, just like you did in, you Amen, know, sis. in high school. That's how you knew you were, that's how I know you were going to be successful. You were like, I don't want the credit. I'm doing it for the art. Like, we don't do comedy shows for fucking, you know, 50 bucks, two drink tickets, you know, whatever it comes out to or whatever, you know, like a lot right, of shows right, right. are. <laughs> you do it for the art. Um, we were even supposed to be on a show this past week that got canceled. Oh, yes. I was like, I can't wait to see you before this. I know. And then it was raining and it was a Sunday and it was late. But and Omicron, I think uh, people are, are, are rightfully spooked. Um, yes. Yes, that is um, y- yes, that is true. That is the show I did yesterday that, <laughs> that I found information out of that someone tested positive, and now I'm oh, no. paranoid. Yeah, it's all right. You'll come back and do it soon when everyone's healthy again, and hopefully, I don't know. Um, all right. So you went, you started doing comedy full time. How long has it been that you've been full time comedian? I left the advertising job. June of a year after I got here, June 2018. So it'll be four years in June. Mm. And it's very, it was very hard at first. I remember journaling and crying, just like mourning how long I had put energy, how long I developed the muscles of money, 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 money. Yeah. And so recalibrating, leaving that level of income to like much closer to zero or it just takes a minute to like process all that and develop new habits. And I'm still getting there in terms of like, what does a day look like? Or I've been like applying to some, uh, or like submitting to things and talking to people who are staff places and just Mm -hmm. learning how much of their day goes to that. I'm trying now to be like, Oh, while I don't have that, I should maybe be a little more aggressive with like writing new stuff for myself or just make sure you're not squandering the blank days that you have now yeah. because at some point someone's going to be demanding 40, 50 hours of your week towards something else. Um, That's so real. I relate so much to that because I too, I left a job. I worked at a venture capital firm and that was when I started unemployed show, but like, you know, yeah, you have to plan your day. It's like you miss it, but you're also, you know why you left and you have to plan, you have to be able to like feel like you're working, even though, you know, that's why I called it unemployed. Like I still today, ugh, she was so unemployed today, but like I did stuff too. Right, right, right. doesn't pay right now, you know, it, it, so it's hard to call it work. I don't know. I, it's a, it's a mind fuck always. And I started calling what I do work. And yeah. it, it can be a little strange when someone's like, oh, what are you up to tonight? I was like, oh, I've worked till this time or whatever. Yeah. Like a stand-up show is work. Writing is work. Sure. Our culture doesn't like elevate it if you're not like receiving money today for it. But like working on a spec script is work. Um, and so calling it and treating it like work. That also makes space for rest, which I'm not great at. Yeah. Like intentional rest and not working every day. Like that's unhealthy. Um yeah, I, I try and make a weekend day or like, you know, take be like Saturday, Sunday, like I'm not going to write or I'm not going to. Oh, I try I to, to do that. that for myself just because it, like if you can pick one day or even if there's a day you don't have a show that night, you know, like just make it like that's your night off. Like you watch whatever you want. You eat whatever you want. You fucking make it your weekend. I always try and do that. I didn't always do that, but because I always felt like, well, I don't have anywhere to report if I don't work tonight if I don't create something or make or shoot something Mm -hmm. or write something like no one's gonna you know a a day wasted like it's hard to not feel that way but I think as we get older it's like no I'll be better if I take a night off or like a day off has anyone ever compared you to Sarah Silverman often yes my whole life okay I just (laughs) got like a flash I could like hear your voices Maybe because her podcast her. is a similar setup. <laughs> I was like, I just got intense Sarah Silverman energy from you. Click the link in my bio to subscribe. Ah! <laughs> that is her. Oh my yeah. god. That's I just so did her funny. for a video. Actually, I love oh, I love her. I met her once, That's and I was like, people always think I look like you because I'm a brunette Jewish girl. <laughs> you but, do look like me. 
yeah. I don't know. I have. I don't have a sister. She was so beautiful in person. I was like, whoa, like. I'm honored that people have said that because she really, <laughs> she was like striking, you know, you see her and she, she always is in her sweatshirt and her hair's up right, and whatever. Right, right. But I was like, yeah, cause she can, cause she's very beautiful. <laughs> the dirty little secret. All these comedians are hot AF. Hot. Yeah. I think honestly now, don't you feel like you have to be, unfortunately, you have to love yourself enough to get photographed to do comedy. I mean, it's like it bigger than the fucking comedy at some of these shows. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> the, the photo versus like the other night I was like, I did a show and they're like, great. And, and here's our photographer. And I was like, Oh, uh, it didn't even like, I didn't even think about it. And now I'm like, Oh, right. Anna, you have to go in a full face of makeup anytime you fucking show up to a stage. Like, right, right, right. And we're f- videoing them. Wait, we have to talk about videoing comedy real quick because you've sure. gone viral lately. You've, you've, I mean, like your stuff has been like, blowing up right it's pretty awesome oh thank you I've been trying to get serious about I've always struggled with what to put online and what not to in terms of like clips or videos um but then I got introduced to a guy who like does editing and captioning and I was like maybe it's time and it was affordable and I was like okay maybe it's time to like outsource this because it's Mm -hmm. really I struggle with editing my own video and staring at my face for that long so I'm like oh if I can give this to someone else and I can just focus on the jokes and the material like hell yeah I'll post it and I'm so grateful that people like shared stuff because it's truly like bits I've been working on forever and sometimes it even like I question if they're that funny Um, but then hearing and also I've had a belief that like gay men don't like like stand up and so it's been nice that I was like no that's not true like I've gotten lots of support from Mm -hmm. queer people um and I'm like flattered and excited and I'm trying to make it like my job this year. Hey, I'm going to post like one to two things per week, no matter how mm-hmm. bad they're doing. I've, I've been humbled now. I was like having these hits and now it's like back to normal or back to smaller numbers. And so I'm like, oh, I want to keep just keep making sure I'm putting myself out there and creating mm-hmm. stuff because it is like part of the game in the world now. Um, it is as yeah. I'm like building this, and so and I think it's cool yeah. that people who can't, uh, you know, who don't live here can't, af- you know, fucking come to a comedy club. Like they can see a bit you've been working on. It is there is something really cool about how that's becoming the norm. Um, I don't know. I love it. It's shifted my mindset a little, and maybe wrongly so. Where I'm, I'm seeing like live shows as like clip studios, where like the real audience is like people who can't get to the show. And then you just have a live studio audience there laughing for you. And then hopefully that builds an audience so you can tour to them or they'll watch your special. Um, It's just, yeah, yeah, it's a brave new world. And I wasn't playing the game that aggressively for a while. And now I'm like, no, it's like time to, and it can be a little, when you look at stuff, it's a little like, cringe but I'm just like oh it's part of the job like I'm gonna post this even though it's not this may not be my favorite joke okay I think it's great and I think everyone you know it's it's an opportunity to grow your career I think it's really cool that's my goal too I'm posting I've given myself a harder job I'm posting every single day so it's not always always a stand-up clip but it's something that I have to post every day but yeah that's a good goal Man, I'm still, I think I think I have too much. I check it too much that that would zap. Like on days when I post, I check the video way too sure, much. Sure, yeah. So I'm just figuring out that waste of creative energy. Um, yeah, but also it's nice dopamine too. It's a it's a beast. I gotta say, all of it is. Even once a week is hard. It's it's not easy to fucking. Oh do yeah, that. yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Um, I, I gotta find out who your editor. I edit myself because I went to school for. TV and I so oh, I edit but yeah. I hate I hate watching mine? myself I hate watching myself <laughs> I figure like there's probably I'd whole edit careers you. in editing oh thank you yeah the thing is is I go into my boyfriend and I'm like can you watch this cut and like see if there's anything you can because ch- he oh, edits word. too yep, yep, but yep. he has a full-time job so you know being my PA is not his first choice I'd say but it's you know part of the relationship now so that's beautiful Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully he'll stay around. <laughs> ah, no, I'm sending you an L and I'm going to be like, guys, what do you think of this first cut of this? Okay. Ah, cool. looks um, great. 
but it is i was gonna say to you it is you get obsessed and i i do feel like i get to a point where i'm like anna stop put your phone away and watch a fucking tv show like you get it's so sucked into like watch who, the comments and the views and this and that but like i think um I think as long as you think it's funny and I'm trying to live by this myself, as long as you think it's funny and it's something you're proud of, like, just put it out. Just, just put it out. Don't, don't cater to them. Right. Just put it out. Even if it tanks. (laughs) hundred percent. I think you're inspiring me too to like schedule how much time I check it too. like, Hey, post it and then give yourself like a half hour and then maybe Mm -hmm. later look at it. But like, giving over the day to it, I think is an unhealthy thing. I'm noticing I'm just post before you have something like I love to post before bed because you can't and like stuff grows in, you know, a day, a week, it doesn't grow right away. And so it's nice to post right before bed or like, you know, post if you're going to go do an hour workout or something, or you're going on a walk, leave your phone at home. (laughs) Who would ever do that? But you know what I mean? Like bed is dangerous though. I am finding myself waking up with my phone in my hand. And last (laughs) night I've never done this. I woke up at five 30 and I was calling my mother and she was like, what? I was like, (gasps) Oh my God. I, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do this. She's like, okay. And I'm like, Whoa. (laughs) I gotta like lock my phone up. I'm well, afraid post, I'm gonna like and then text put your phone all my exes. Yeah, post and then put it, you know, on a charger on a table and then go to bed. You you're know what right, I mean? You're like, right. yeah, that's scary. Although I'm, I'm just as bad. I, I've shot. I decided I'm not allowed to go to sleep looking at social media because I think it like, I don't know, fucks with your head. So I shop online instead. But that's very unhealthy in another way. Like I've literally ordered men's sneakers twice. It's not a fucking good way to go to sleep. <laughs> like size seven and it comes and i'm like what did i order oh no <laughs> jared's like why do you have a foot locker men's foot locker box right here? right 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 i'm like I, I couldn't tell you actually i guess i clicked okay i clicked buy it's dangerous um whew. well i'm glad that you did this it's nice to see your face and catch up oh, since likewise. our show is canceled um nice see you in person I know. I hope so. I hope very soon. Uh, if not at a comedy show, you know, around the hood. Are you still in Brooklyn, right? Yes. I moved down to Park Slope right before the pandemic. Nice. I'm not in Williamsburg anymore, though. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I have a car now, so I go anywhere. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. diva. I'm a diva now. Oh, God, it's the best thing that ever happened Robot. to me, having the car. Um, but where can people find you, see your stand-up comedy clips, you know, or catch you at a live show? Uh, tell the people where they can find Zach. Totally. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. My handle is at ZZ, double ZZ. That's ZZ, the word double, and then ZZ. And my website is Zach, Z-A-C-H hyphen Zimmerman.com. And I try to post my show schedules on there is com slash shows and hopefully they'll we'll have a book pre-order link this summer uh if people want to get my 16 17 dollar little book of essays and uh hey, you well. remember the title and uh we'll say it at its entirety right now is that what you said okay great okay do? great okay ready well, can we say it together oh yeah, yeah let's say it together okay okay one, one two three two three three is, is it hot in is it here? hot in here or am i going to suffering hell? for all or am eternity? i suffering <laughs> is it hot for in here or am i suffering for all I committed eternity? For on the earth. sins i committed on earth you got it i should have trusted you you're right you're right you're right i'm i was wrong honestly i would have just broken into nelly is it hot in here and like that would have been it <laughs> i feel <laughs> so like i'm gonna be entering to that clothes. song all fall <laughs> like in some capacity yes i love it well thank you for being here i love you i think you're so funny and great and i'm excited to see you grow even more in your career uh let's go full hog 2022 i love it i'm going full hog (laughs) thank you bye zach zimmerman a joy right he's so sweet so funny Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I love that he just decided to write a book without 
any deal in place, just decided that's what he was going to do. That and he wonderful. did it. He, want, he went for it. He's inspiring to me. And he's like really doing re- well in stand up, you know, in like New York City. He's performing a ton. Yeah. And, I've seen uh, his, uh, his clips from stand up pop onto my Twitter feed recently, actually. Super funny. Yeah. Super great. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's it's fun because it, I love that you know what it made me feel better about like putting out videos all the time. I'm like, oh, everyone's really trying to just put themselves out there because we have the opportunity to do that now. You know, it's not like you have, like, industry isn't coming to my fucking live stage comedy show. We're in, still in a pandemic. You know, I, I'd feel like awkward, and but it's like a way to just be like. I'm here. I can write. I can perform. I got chops. Fucking. Yeah. I'm excited to see your book, Anna. Uh, me too, Ellen. I got to fucking sell the book. That is the 2022 goal. Sell the book. The more that you talk about it and the more that you tell other people about it, I'm like, wow, this is. I'm manifesting cool. it. Yeah. I think the more I talk about it, the more it feels real to me. Um, I will say it's not the proposal is not at all like uh, something I could show to anyone. Mostly just like I want to get the recipe part down before I like have fun with it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I want the like yeah. the science of it to be because that's like hard. So I've still been testing recipes. I'm actually cooking two soups this week, but because I film some of them. Yeah. So that's its own But the project. recipes are definitely a place to start for sure. That's like for sure. Yeah, I have structure. a list. It's not going to be very long too. I think you could cook your way through it in like a good 6 months. <laughs> you know what I mean? Perfect. It's yeah. not going to be more than like I my goal, I mean, is like 30 soups. No, that sounds like a lot to me. I, mean, I know. I was going to say 20 and then I'm like, who who, who will buy a book of 20 soup recipe? But it is going to be more than just the recipe. I feel like I always go back to like the same three soups. Yeah. So 30 Once soups you- is... Uh, it's gonna open a lot of doors once you like for any cookbook don't you feel like or like recipe once you cook even new york times cooking like the app once you cook a recipe you like you'll save it and you go back to it and, it, and then you'll alter it you'll you'll kind of turn it into like your version mm-hmm. like that's really what my soups are i'm not the first fucking person to make a chicken soup i'm like the 40 billionth but <laughs> you know it's it's your touch on it and it's your love and i think that's kind of like I don't know. That's that's what I'm going for. But because, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, like my mom will be like, I always make this one dish. And I'm like, yeah, she does always make that one. She liked that recipe. So she makes it when she feels like it. Like right. you're not always inclined to do something new. Like I go back to the same workout because I'm like, I like the music. I liked that video. I liked how I felt after. Right. I'm a creature of habit, Ellen. Um, okay. <laughs> we are, I'm so excited about this. For all of our listeners, you guys, we have this voicemail now. Okay, 2022, the year of the fucking voicemail. We're bringing it back. It's like 1997 meets 2022. We have this voicemail. You could be anonymous. You could say your full name and credit card number, whatever you want. Uh, but we're going <laughs> to be playing them on air and responding to them. And I'm very excited. We got this one very recently. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Use it if you want. Don't use it. I loved it. I don't know who he is because it's anonymous but god bless this voicemail ellen hasn't heard it which i think will make for uh, a funnier experience for all of you listening so let's play this shit let's play it all right here it goes hey anna a huge fan of you and the podcast uh, love you i already love you um this is um kind of not new gossip but kind of is so um at one point i was fired from a tv show because my boss thought that I stole a feathered cape that was very expensive. Yes, that's a feathered cape. Um, it was a show about, like, drag queens and stuff. Anyways, I did not steal this feathered cape. But another department head was telling me that on a previous show, you might have to bleep it out, but it was um, on NBC, um, and it might have been um, She apparently, this woman that accused me of stealing a feathered cape stole so many things. She stole Apple laptops, like Viking range stoves and fridges. And apparently she stole this really expensive chandelier and NBC came to audit them and it was in her living room and she had to send a PA to her apartment on a work day to remove the chandelier and like put it in a corner somewhere so the auditors could find it. They're like, oh, here it is. 
Um, anyways, this story might not be that funny um, or interesting, but I just thought it was funny. Um, anyways, uh, I hope y'all are having a good time. Good time. I'm going to stop talking now. Bye. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much for calling in and thank you know, you. being so brave to admit what, uh, you know, about this whole stealing thing. It honestly made I me think, have I, have I stolen from work? Yeah, I loved oh. it. I have absolutely stolen things from work. Uh, nothing as big as a chandelier, but I love this hot goss. Thank you so much for sharing. It's hot goss. Yeah. Who fucking takes a chandelier? The balls. How That's well, a fridge, too. Like, huge things like that. Yeah. Like, she bringing in movers? That sounds right? like a lot of effort. I don't I know. Love that. I love that. I don't know who you are. Maybe I do know who you are. I don't know. But I love that... Um, that they were accusing you of the feathered cape, like as if that's something <laughs> you want in your wardrobe and yeah. your life. It says like, a lot I, about your personality. It yeah. really does. And it made me think, yeah, I would be friends with the person who stole the fucking feathered cape. It's pretty badass. You're going to steal anything like a big ass feathered cape is the coolest thing to steal. <laughs> I think so. And like wear it, you know, wear it proud. If you, if you stole a feathered cape, like, I feel like, like, can I borrow it? Like, that's some Devil Wears Prada, like, you know. Yeah, like wardrobe. fashion villain mm -hmm. type yeah. energy going on. I really love that. Um, but I am fascinated by the chandelier because that does seem like unless you're like, you know, oh, we're shooting, we're filming because this is obviously like entertainment. We're filming something where we need a chandelier. I'm just going to borrow it. Like, I could see that being a way to get it out. But like. What a fucking weird thing to be like, let's just take this off the set, <laughs> like bring it home. Yeah, I don't know. There must have been some really lenient props department people because whenever I've worked on set, they've always been like, don't touch that. That's like being returned or, you yeah. know, whatever. She must have been really friendly with the, the props people. I'm trying to think, have you stolen from like, what's like the biggest thing you've ever stolen from a job? And this is a great question. If anybody else has stolen from work and they want to just let us know, don't tell us where you work. Don't tell us your fucking name, anything. I want to know what people steal from work aside from like pens, pencils. I mean, I used to print scripts every fucking day at my job. You know, I'd stand over the printer like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A hundred page script. Nope, not me. Um, but I did it every day. I don't know if that counts as stealing ink. What did you steal? Did you steal anything that you can think of? Me? Oh. Yeah, I could tell you some stuff that I took from a job, um, but I won't do it on air because I'm afraid <laughs> somebody will hear it. Um, I used to but steal But this was many, bread. many years ago, and it was like a very specific sort of situation where no one was keeping track of anything and like the office was closing, so it was fine. Wow. But and my yeah. last office job, I didn't steal, but I negotiated in my severance package that I'm able to keep all uh, electronics I was given at my job. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Smart, right? I was yeah. like, what am I going to do? This is my computer that I work on. Like, what? I think that must happen a lot. I just don't think a lot of these places are organized enough to keep track of everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, they knew I was keeping it. But then I like, you know, months later, I'm like, what if they have like some sort of tracking device? Like, what if they can see all the bullshit I am doing on this computer? Yeah, uh, that's like the main reason why I don't really want like to work on a company computer anywhere. It's because I'm so paranoid about people just tracking mm -hmm. everything. Like, yeah. I just don't want that. Yeah, yeah. And it, we're in a different time. People know how to track. It's it's a lot easier for people to figure that out than it used to be, you know, 10 years ago where they're like, I don't know what they're doing. I can't hack yeah. into their computer. Now it's well, like, I don't want anyone to see how many times I'm going on Twitter every day. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fired if someone saw how many times I go on Twitter. They'd be, one day I'd last, you know, or one yeah. week. Um, what a fun episode. Guys, please contact us. I love it. I love it so much. And if it's a really, really juicy story and you want to tell it live on air with us like by all means so just email us at the unemployed team at gmail.com or call us at ellen our phone number i, I can get it i can yeah. get it 
I should have had it up. I had it on the Instagram before. Okay. Check um, out the socials. It's posted there, guys. You yeah. Know. Find us on social. Send us a DM. But remember, you know, we usually have a guest on, so it's got to be a little bit of a shorter story. So uh, keep it tight. You know, give me a tight five. Give me the give me the highlights of it. But I can't wait to hear from more of you and uh, listen to all the other episodes. Honey, go and rate it, review it, give us five stars. And uh, if you have a job for us, you know what? I'm pretty available these days. I will work for money. Um, that's it. That's the episode. Okay, bye. I love you. Right now, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has supported our Patreon. This is your shout out right here from me. Tons of love. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon, all of our videos go up there. Sometimes I just write fun things because I feel like it. And it's just a really nice way to support us at Unemployed. And, you know, so we can keep this thing going. We do it for nothing. We do it for fun. We do it for you to listen to. So definitely check out the Patreon. And right now, huge shout out to our patrons, Bill Horton, Chi of Steel, Danielle McCartney, Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, we got Joe Galati, Chris Arneson, Jordan Lucero, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, and Vic Terry. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us, and I appreciate you, and I see you, and I love you.